This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Once again, we are welcome to church. And uh, one thing is sure, I, I never read it in the scripture, that, you know, people gathered at Jesus' feet to receive from him and they leave empty. Or they come to him and Jesus say, sorry, I don't have anything for you today. Maybe you should come tomorrow. That is not our God. And that which he asked for us this morning, he will deliver unto us in the name of Jesus. I say he will deliver unto us in the name of Jesus. Quickly, let's open our Bible to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Lord is still retreating that word in my spirit. Don't close your book yet. There's still a lot that's going to happen in this year. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 5. We'll read from verse 9 to verse 18, but I'll just pick up some verses there. Second Corinthians chapter number 5. And from verse, I'll read verse 9 and 13 to 18. 9, nine says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Verse 13, For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Holy Spirit, we pray this morning that you breathe upon this word, and let us give us life indeed in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord will want to speak to us this morning on a topic which says, what is your motivation? What is your motivation? What is your motivation? The word motivation means the reason for an action which gives purpose to a behavior. The reason for an action which gives purpose to a behavior. For quite some times now, we've been talking about the ministry of reconciliation the need why we need to go out and win the win souls because that is the heartbeat of God. The reason why we need to show some love to other people to bring them to this same food for them to enjoy the love of God in which we are currently enjoying. But let me ask you, what is your motivation? What is your motivation? What is your attitude? towards the same command that the Lord has given to us. Go ye into the world and preach to all nations. It's a commandment that the Lord has given unto us. 
and he has placed in our hands. Or let me further ask, if this morning, if Jesus Christ walked up into this particular auditorium and he talked to us and he said, Oh, Brachika, for every soul in which you are winning for me, I'm going to give you one million dollars. What will be your attitude towards the same commandment? Walk up to us this morning and he says, Everyone here, I have something in stock for you. I have something to deliver unto you. But all that you need to do, just win one soul. Just as the banker we do, they'll give you a target. If you exceed this target, I'm going to give you something extra. And Jesus Christ woke up to us this morning and said, I want to give you each one million dollars only if you can win one soul for me. What will be your attitude? Will that, you know, create a motivation in your spirit? Will monetary value, you know, give us the boldness and the enthusiasm and the power for us to obey that command that he has given unto us. What is your motivation? What is your motivation? If we look critically into the scripture this morning, we saw that if we looked through the account of all the uh, apostles, Paul was the last one, but he was the greatest. Because what? There are some things that motivated him to do that which the Lord has placed in his hand. And if we as a church today, the 21st century, we align ourselves to that same purpose, we see God doing wonders in our lives. In the book of John chapter 15 verse 16 that we, we've always, you know, going through, and pastor, you know, you also read it to us on this altar, that I have not cho- you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit will remain. That whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, it was going to what is going to give it to you. But this morning, what is your motivation? In our place, you see so many people, usually for those of us that have been in Lagos, people sleep 1 a.m. They wake up 3 a.m. because there is a motivation waiting for them in, 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 the, in the office. But when it comes to the things of God, and they say, oh, please, uh, you have to be in church by 7 a.m. You say, why? Why do I have to you know, go through all that? Because there is no monetary value attached to it. But let me tell you something. Our God does not think the way we think. His ways are not our ways. He says, as heaven is high to the head, so is our ways. And, and, and what our thoughts are from his thoughts. We need to begin to see things in the perspective, in the eye of God. For, for God to be able to deliver unto us that which he has for us. We need to be, begin to see things the way God sees things. We need to begin to look things the way God look at things. Not with our bare eyes. Our bare eyes can only, can only look. It can see. It can only look. But if you want to see beyond that which is ordinary, we need to see in the eye of God. If there is something that is most important to him, We've said it all over. If there's something that is so important to God, it's the soul of man. If there's something that makes the art of God, you know, to, 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 to shake, is the, is the heart of, is the soul of man. He created man for a purpose. If that purpose, that purpose is not being delivered, God is not happy about it. And this morning, he's asking us, if I deliver 
a million dollars to you for one soul, what would be your attitude? Let somebody shout hallelujah. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Look at the life of Brad Paul from the place we read. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and from verse 9 that we read. He said, wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. He's simply saying, I want to be acceptable to God. So the first thing that compels or that is a motivation to Brad Paul is what is the soul's winner acceptance to God. You want to be acceptable to God. You want to be acceptable to God. He said, wherefore we labor, that whether be present or absent, we may be acceptable unto him. We may be acceptable unto him. That was all his cry. I want to be acceptable unto him. Because at several times when we quote that, Second Corinthians 5, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, but there are a lot of things, there are precedents to this particular verse. And now one of the precedents is that we, for us to be acceptable unto him, we also need to go out and preach the gospel. We need to go out and what and deliver and be obedient to that command which he has given to us for us to go out and what and win so and bring men to him. Winning so is not only the pastor's it's not only the, the pastor's work. He says that verse 18 says what and he has committed unto us what the ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us going out to reconcile men back to God. To build the bridge that has been broken by sin. And we look at it. You might not have the best, you know, approach. But I know if you pray for the Holy Spirit leading, He will give you a word. Some of them just tell them, come to the church. Come and fellowship with us. Come and dwell with us this Sunday. And after a particular time, you see God ministering. This is what we've seen over the years, and that is the same way most of us here will give our, our life to Christ. But what is your own motivation? One of the motivations that, you know, really Ebra Paul was that he wanted to be acceptable unto God. That means if winning soul is a way of getting acceptance in the presence of the Almighty God. So when you are not winning soul, you are not what? You are not acceptable to God. If you are not winning soul, you are not acceptable to God because we are not obeying that particular commandment in which he has given unto us. The book of Romans chapter 12 and from verse 1 and 2, say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And verse 2, say something, I say, and be not conformed to this word, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that he may be able to prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. What the perfect will of the master is not only delivering that blessing unto you. The perfect will of the master is not only us living in earth, just like 3 John chapter 2 will say. The perfect will of the master is to see us reconciling men back to God. The perfect will of the master is to see you go out there and depopulate the kingdom of darkness. That is the perfect will of God. That is the perfect will of God. And that is the only way in which you can gain acceptance in his presence. Acceptance in his presence is talking about we going out and what I'm winning so. 
So if he's saying I will be acceptable when I go out and preach the gospel. So when I'm not, when I'm disobedient to that particular command, what happened? I'm not acceptable to him. You don't know how to tell someone about Christ. Just invite the person to the presence of the almighty God. Just deliver something to the hands of that person. In our closest, just, you know, intercede on behalf of that person. So one of the motivations is what is the place of what acceptance to God. So if you are not endeavoring to bring souls to him, you are not acceptable unto him. I don't care how much you give as offering. I don't care how, how committed you are in his presence. Some of us, we are so committed. We come early to church. We, 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 you know, we are so involved in the activities in the church. We are so useful in, in his house. Glory be to God. But much more in the place of acceptance to the master, we have to what wins us for him. It is not an alternative. It is not an alternative. This is him. We need to go out and win souls for him. Somebody tap, somebody say, go out and win souls for him. Say it as if you may say, go out and win souls for him. Another thing that also serve as a motivation for him. That's Paul right now. We're going to be looking, taking him as a case study in, as in the light of the place we have read. Is also the soul's winner conviction. If you read verse 11 of that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 of that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing therefore what? The terror of the Lord. Several times we've read in the scripture, we've read what is going to come after the children of disobedience. We've read that, you know, the hell is made for the devil and his cohort. But much more, the terror, the terror, the terror associated with it, that will drive our passion and our love to ensure that what we deliver and depopulate the kingdom of darkness. If you say you love your brother, you love the person sitting next to you at work, and you see the person on the way to hell, if you understand the terror involved in the person going to hell, what happened, and you love the person, the passion should be able to drive a will in us to ensure that what we get that person from the kingdom of darkness. If we know the terror, the terror involved, that this one is on his way to hell. And we say we love him so much. Every day, even some of us, every day we, we come, oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. But much more, we need what? We need to show the persons the love of Christ by bringing the person to Christ. In fact, if you read the book of 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and it says that every time we profess we love God, we love God, we have not seen God in any way. I don't know anybody in this, in this cathedral that when you get home, you see the physique of God and God show you and maybe you, sh- you shake God, you know, you, 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 you tap him and you can feel him. It is by faith that we believe that he is and that we profess that we love him. He said the only way in which you can, you can, you can respond to the love of Christ in which he has shown us in the first place is by what? Is by showing that love to, the, to, to, to your neighbor in which you can see. So if you are saying you, are, you love God and still 
the person next to you cannot feel the love in which you say you profess to, to God. There is no love. There is no love. There is no love. So if I say I love God so much, let that love that we have for God be reflected in our attitude to delivering those people that are doomed for destruction in the kingdom of hell. That is the way we should be looking at them. Let that love, let that passion drive us. But what do we do? Several times we judge them. Hmm, This one, she's a prostitute. This one, she's a drunkard. This one is a liar. And we don't have anything to do. In fact, we, 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 do, we, we, we make a, a, a demarcation. That the Bible has said what? Concord as light and darkness. God and Belial. That is not what our scripture is saying. It's not saying we should join them in what they are, what they are doing. But let the love of Christ in us. Let us see that terror that is coming. That is the driving force for Brad Paul going out to win that so for him. He saw the terror that is coming upon them and that propelled a love for God and he went out to ensure that he delivered these people. That's why he doesn't care what it takes. If he has to be in the prison in the morning, he doesn't mind what it takes. If he has to leave his, the place of his comfort for him to go out, he doesn't care what it takes. If he has to put his money on the line, he doesn't care what it takes. If he has to ensure that he send letters to the church in Corinth and that in Ephesus, after he doesn't care what it takes because what he has the love, the genuine love for God, and that was a driving force. It was not because somebody wants to deliver a million dollars on his on his on his feet if he goes out to win the gospel. What is your motivation this morning? What is your motivation? What is your motivation? He, he, was, not, he was not in, in what he will get. But he has true love. The genuine love. And I think this is even the right time. You know, the test of our true love for God. We sing every day, oh, I love God. Wonderful song. And we sing, we, you know, we, we roll on the floor. You know, we, 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 we show him love. But God is saying, it is true. I love that. But much more, I want you to show that love to the next person to you. Your neighbor at work. That man we always meet at a bus stop. That woman that is just, is don't throw away from the house. That's one that you know that every time when people are going out in the morning, that's when he sleeps. And at night, he goes all out to go and do what is not of God. We need to tell the person about Christ. Hallelujah. Ask somebody, what is your motivation this morning? I say, what is your motivation this morning? If you read the book of that same chapter, verse 11, now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11. It says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Amplify version. Let's read Amplify version now from verse 13. From verse 13. It says, For if we are beside 
ourselves mad. As some say, it is for God and concerns him. It is of God and concerns him. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another thing that was a motivation for him was the compassion for souls. Compassion. Compassion. That verse 13 says, For if we are beside ourselves mad, as some say, let them say we are mad. We don't care. That's what he's saying. Let them say I'm not. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't what I don't care. But what is driving me is the compassion to deliver this. Every point in time, when you see, when you get to the place of interview, you know, some of them will ask you what, what motivates you. They want to know whether it is the money or the job or the interest on, the, on this particular job. And I know nobody say, ah, no, it is the money that motivates me. Even sometimes, actually, the money that motivates us. <laughs> Somebody say all the time. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, also, when it comes to, 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 to the place of winning souls for Christ, we need to have that compassion. We can't but have that compassion. If that compassion is the driving force, nothing cares to us. If what propels that drive, that enthusiasm, that urge, that strength that comes in within is what is the love and the compassion which I have for them, then we'll be able to deliver that which God placed in our hands. But if we have other things, then we might not be able to go far. And God is not happy. We might not be able to get acceptance in the presence of the Almighty God. What is your motivation? Is it a compassion for the soul? Is it the love for God? Is it the acceptance in the presence of the Almighty God? We need to check ourselves. You know, this is like a, a mind checker this morning. Let me check my mind. What exactly is the driving force for me to go out and win soul for Christ? Are we driven by the love of Christ? Or we are born out of the hutch or what pastor has told us? And that love cost him to love others. That love will cause us to love others. That love will cause us to show and to respond to the love of Christ as he has died for us on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at another motivation now. Another motivation to what really drove, was driving the driving force as is written in that same scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and from verse 16. I also read from the Amplified Version now. 5, verse 16 and 17. It says, Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standard or value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah is a new creature. 
a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the flesh and the new has come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another thing that really drove Paul is what is the confidence of redemption. The confidence of redemption. He was confident that if any man is now coming to Christ, is a new creature. So I don't need to judge him of it by his own standard. And that's why after giving a life to Christ, several times the devil comes to us and he, and he tells you, two years ago you did this. You need to tell him that what Christ has what has died and he has taken that all. That's what that, what, that verse 16 is saying. It, consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standard and value. It's not all about the natural standard and value. It's not all about uh, 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 with what they've done before now. It's not all about what we've been. But after Christ and came and he died in our place, he gave us his own righteousness. He gave us a new being. If we believe that same confidence, that now if I can go out and win souls for him, I know that their redemption is sure. Irrespective of what they've done before now, that should be a driving force. A compelling force to ensure that we win Christ, we win, we, 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 we win souls for Him. There's a confidence. There's a confidence that comes in, 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 in our mind. There's a confidence that comes. There's a confidence that comes. It is true. They've been living in, 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 in their mess, but now that they, if I can just, you know, come and speak to this person. I know that redemption is sure. I'm confident. I know that redemption is sure. I know that after now, this person will be a new creature. After now, this one will be engrafted into Christ. After now, this one will be a born again Christian. After now, this one what, will be taken away from those messes. will be cleansed up by Christ and we can now see a new being in the person. That is the conviction that is the driving force that is the compelling force because if i'm not sure or i'm doubting in my spirit that if i'm if i speak to this person i think this person must have you know done so grievous sin that this person cannot be redeemed again then why should i go out and preach the gospel but when i'm sure and i have that confidence within me that after now, this person will be a regenerated soul. Praise the Lord. Then I can go boldly and go and speak to that person about Christ. Because after the person has been redeemed from the kingdom of darkness, I know that there is a new kingdom which the Lord has created and made for him. In the first place, it was not so. God didn't create the, 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 the hell for any man. He said the hell it was created well, for the devil and his, what, and his angels, not for man. There is no place for man in that particular place. The, the, the architectural design of, of hell does not put men into account. I don't know if you, if, you, if you can understand it. Hell is a place. Heaven is a place. So there is an architectural design. After we've given our life to Christ, we've seen so many men of God who say, oh, I saw my place. And I remember, you know, that, that the boy saying it one time, that he saw his, his home in heaven. It has been, 
as the city of Ibadan, and he was asking, why is it this big? He said, well, so that when all your children come, they can have place for them to stay. So there's an architectural design. But let me tell you something. If there's something that needs to drive us this morning, we need to know that those people that are already on the path of hell, there is no place for them. The, 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 the Nietzsche plan of God was not for them to be there. The place was made only for the devil and his cohort. So right now we need to go out and deliver them to the place that was initially meant for them. That is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Their place, their home is in the kingdom already. Their home is already prepared in the kingdom. So how will you feel when we get to heaven and then I see that colleague of mine that will go out walking every day for the, for the past 5, 6, 10 years that we've been working together for 10 years and I get to heaven and glory be to God and I'm giving God the praise for getting in there and I can see his house and you know I can see it maybe his name is uh, Mr. Adeniron's cottage but he's not, he's not here because he's on his way to hell the hell is not made for any man the initial architecture of hell does not put men into account. Every man born of, 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 of woman, every man created by God, their place is already in heaven. And God has committed this ministry to us. The angels will not come down to come and do this for us. The Spirit of God if we pray from now to tomorrow, they will not come and activate this particular ministry for us. They've been delivering, it has been delivered into our hands. And we need to go out in that same manner to make good of it. And I don't know how we feel about this. We say we are ambassadors of Christ. Ambassadors. A representative. An able representative of Christ. Well, let me, let me tell us something. There is penalty. There is penalty. There, is, there are punishments for an ambassador that does not represent his president well. In fact, there's a treason. You can go and check the, the law very well. There's a treason punishment for an ambassador that goes to a country and misbehaves. So if we say boldly that we are ambassadors of Christ and God has committed this ministry into our hands, do you think that God will be so excited that after delivering this purpose to us, after delivering this plan to us, after delivering this work unto us, after giving us this ministry, that at the end of the day we don't make it good? We think God will be so excited. We'll be so amazed. We'll be so happy. That is why the Bible says there is joy in heaven over one single soul that comes to Christ each day. There is great joy in heaven. There is no, there is no place, again, if you read your Bible through, that says there is joy in heaven over something that happens. God is excited when you get those contracts. God is happy when you are being promoted. But it is 
not as wonderful as ex, ex, it's, it's an ecstasy when it comes to the time when God sees his soul being redeemed from the path of destruction to the path of life hallelujah hallelujah ask somebody once again what is your motivation say what is your motivation hallelujah also one of the things that also motivates Brad Paul was the future compensation there was a future compensation that was supposed to be delivered unto him there was something that God promised him and that is why he talks about Christ also that Christ seeing the cross he despised the shame looking unto the glory that had been set before him there was glory that was set far before him he despised all those shame he despised the the, 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 the things that know that he is very sure that are temporary and he set his eye his glimpse upon that which is permanent how many times have you been maybe been insulted maybe for just inviting someone to church some of us we feel I don't want to talk to this person anymore he has insulted him enough in fact he's my subordinate at work why should I go back to him but when you do that you set your eyes on the things that are temporary shows that you cannot see far you cannot see the glory ahead you cannot see the crown set ahead you cannot see those stars coming into your crown we need to begin to imagine and see this is the eye of god this is the way god sees and every time he's beckoning on you and he's talking to you you need to you need to you need to speak and tell this person about christ look at it i think i don't have to do this how should i go and you know just you know bring myself so low that is not the plan of god that is not where god sees it's just an insult oh i'm going to go ahead and what i can continue to preach to this person and the first analysis when we started this series we said that for everyone that you invited to, to church that before they make their first acceptance to church you must have invited them at least eight times eight times so if i invited the person the first time and i turn back i've not done enough if i invited the person four times and the person says, see you don't bug me anymore about about this uh the, 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 this your jesus it is not yet time to, to quit continue continue to what to preach to the person and tell the person and with prayer of faith I know one day the person will look at you and say, you know one thing, I want to, I want to serve that your Jesus. And I remember a testimony also when we started this series and uh, we took the Declare magazine. You don't know how to preach the gospel to the person. Just hand over the Declare magazine to the person. Let the person, you know, just read about Christ. And many of us took it to our place of work and just give it to people Muslim, Christian, atheist, whatsoever. I don't care. I just want to deliver Christ to the person. And there was a Muslim brother. After like three days, he says something. He has taken the, the, the he has taken the declare magazine. It's, a, he, it's as if he has not read it. Nobody's seen it as if he has not read it. And he came to that our brother. He said, Do you know one thing? If I must be a Christian, I think I want to attend that church. Or is a Muslim brother. 
before now we don't know how to present Christ to him. But just by just putting that particular magazine in the lap of the person, the person is considering, I think if I want to be a Christian, I want to attend your church. By the time you invite him the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, one day the Holy Spirit will minister unto that one. And before you know, that one is already on the path of life. The Lord will give us such testimony in the name of Jesus. So this, this, that will be our testimony in the name of Jesus. Also, and as I round up this morning, also increase in wisdom. That is also another motivation. Some of us, we've read so many books. Some of us, we've uh, done so much to see how we can, you know, get wisdom. But if we read the book of Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30, Proverbs 11 verse 30, and the, and the B part of it, it says what? He that winneth soul is what? Is wise. Only the wise win soul. So if I don't win soul, so if I want to get wisdom, the wisdom of God. Let me tell you, it's not only in the things spiritual thing. God will also deliver unto you wisdom, even in the place of work. Wisdom in our businesses. Wisdom in our families. Wisdom in all that we do. That is what God wants to deliver unto us this season. And his, wish, and his wishing that if we can just accept him this season, if we can just listen to his word and obey that commandment, of going further to preach the gospel this morning. It says that should be our motivation. That should be our motivation. But I want to ask you this morning, again, what is your motivation? What is your motivation? Is it the million dollars or is it a passion for soul? Is it the one million dollars that it would deliver unto me or the love for God? Is it the million dollars or that which is going to give me in the place of wisdom. What is your motivation? Come to friends upon our faith this morning and begin to talk to the Almighty God. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at the throne room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Highly favored.